Welcome to another episode of Nutmeg Book Drops Middle School Edition. Hello, I'm Chrissy Warringer. I am the Youth Services Librarian at the Derby Neck Library in Derby, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Frances McGrath. I'm the Youth Services Librarian at the Willimantic Public Library. Hi, I'm Sarah Zareski, and I'm Miss Christie's assistant at the Derby Nick Library in Derby, Connecticut. Nutmeg Book Drops podcast is brought to you by Librarians Connect. Librarians Connect is a group of public and school librarians working together from throughout the state of Connecticut. Find us online at bit.ly slash librariansconnect. On this episode, we'll be discussing the 2023 Nutmeg Middle School nominee, The Magic Fish by Trung Lee Nguyen. This graphic novel is all about the ways a family can communicate with each other. Here's a quick preview. Real life isn't a fairy tale, but Tien still enjoys reading his favorite stories with his parents from the books he borrows from the local library. It's hard enough trying to communicate with your parents as a kid, but for Tien, he doesn't even have the right words because his parents are struggling with their English. Is there a Vietnamese word for what he's going through? Is there a way to tell them he's gay? Find out in The Magic Fish by Trung Lee Nguyen, published by Random House Graphic. If you haven't had a chance to read this episode's book yet, we recommend pausing the episode here and heading to your local library to grab a copy. Once you've read it, come on back and join us for our spoiler-filled discussion, starting now. I guess the first question and the most important question is, did we all like this book? What did we think of it? I read it on the plane back from Savannah, Georgia, and I did cry on the airplane. It was fantastic. Um, I read it sitting next to my mom. Savannah is actually where I came out to my mom being by. So it was just kind of like fun to do that right next to her and just be like, oh, look. And she was like passed out. So she didn't look, but uh, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> wow. So this book definitely really spoke to your personal experience then. Oh, totally. Totally. Georgia is where I got my degree in sequential arts, which is graphic novels. And this is a graphic novel. This book could not have spoken to me more. It was pretty incredible. I really enjoyed it. I I can't say it spoke to me in the same way, but I am getting used to the graphic novel format. And I loved the way it used the format to tell the story. Yeah, that was something that I really liked as well. I loved the use of the different colors in the backgrounds when we were at different places in the story and different perspectives, which I've always found doing some writing myself, it's always difficult to have a solid shift from one perspective to another. And in a graphic novel, I never would have thought to do it this way, probably because my mind just doesn't work like that. But I think it worked flawlessly. Like there was this great visual note that 
we're in a different time and place now, or we're with a different person. So that was just done really well. And the overall story with the relationship between Tian, the main character, and his mother, as well as Tian and his friends, I thought was really well developed. And I liked it a lot. I have a lot of notes on the color based on everything that you just said. I just thought the use of it was so incredibly precise. And I even have like the pages marked of where all of those perspectives actually butted right against each other in the same page, because that to me is the moment where like, you can really tell like all these visual metaphors have like woven together pretty seamlessly. In other graphic novels, you can kind of get your visual metaphors confused and like the repeated use of them almost dulls the effect. But there's like three pages, only three pages where we get the shift from pink, yellow to indigo, present, past, and story. It's just really cool. Yeah, the different colors chosen too, I thought made a lot of sense. I loved yellow for his mother's perspective because it just felt like such a warm thing. And as someone reading, when I at least think of my mother, it feels warm. That was something that I liked. And then with the story being indigo, that's a little bit more distance. I thought that those color decisions were really well made. Speaking of the stories, one thing that I really noticed was Wynne chose three fairy tales. Two of them are actually kind of the same story. I don't know how much you guys have studied fairy tales, but I took like a really heavy course on it in in school. And the first story, the one with the old man and the sea and the three dresses and all of that, that is actually based on a story called Donkey Skin. We have heard of this. I love Donkey Skin. (laughs) Yeah, which is actually a Cinderella story as, as far as the different categories of fairy tales go. I loved how we had kind of what's considered to be not the classic Cinderella story kind of kick us off because it's kind of like a note to the reader that, hey, you're in for something that you might not really expect, but it's going to feel really familiar to you. And I just loved that whole thing with using that kind of story to draw the reader into this story. That's funny. That feels like a metaphor for middle school, like going to draw you into something that you're familiar with, but you're also like, what is going to happen? Yeah. Like what is going to happen today? I think in the back of the book, he called his Cinderella uh, donkey skin story tatter coat. Tan Cam, which is the Vietnamese uh, similar story to Cinderella. I first started by comparing the tatter coat and Little Mermaid kind of stories, uh, because I think that they're pretty unique in that there's moments where you can see Helen's sort of perspective and how she shifts to her recollection to the past while they're telling Tattercoat. Whereas you can see Tien kind of take what he wants. And, and from Tien, it kind of feels like the story of acceptance and love despite a big secret. But from Helen's perspective, it feels like we remember being forced to leave behind a home to an uncertain future. And it's, it's fun that we can see that as opposed to The Little Mermaid where it's this acceptance and love despite an unexpected coupling at the end for Tien 
And yet it's still Helen's story as well, because she's still leaving behind this home in like a very, I don't want to use the word violent because the other one, it felt very forcefully objected, but this one was, is different because it was a choice. Like she almost took control of her own narrative in this one and she changed the end of the story to find a way to communicate with her son. So it felt very fitting in that at the beginning, we're given this problem of we can't communicate the way we want to. There's just not the words for it. And at the end, it's like, we found a way. And that's both Tian's and Helen's story together. I know that for me, the story in the middle, the Tan Cam Cinderella story, it felt very much like Helen's story. I couldn't find Tian's specific perspective in it. And I thought that was really interesting. I didn't expect that going in. I'm just remembering that that's where they got the title, which is interesting because it did feel the most removed. I thought the Tan Cam story was interesting because the mom was so, or stepmother was so evil. And I didn't see how that fit in necessarily because I didn't feel like anyone was really evil, but I loved the fairy tales woven and I thought it was really cool. I mean, that sounds a lot like life in general. Like I think fairy tales are an excellent example of how life can be both happy and wonderful and a little sad and tragic at the same time. But you don't have to let that sad and tragic part completely weigh you down, especially when you can change your own story like they did with the last one. I think about the interconnectedness of family. When Tian, you know, says my grandmother died and everyone says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he says, I never met her. What's that great phrase? That's like, it's grief for the love that you never got to share or something like that. Like he never got to meet her. And so, but he's obviously seeing his mom in a lot of pain. And so that's a whole different level of like what's going on. I'm looking back where you can see the conversation where Tian is hearing from his teacher, did you have a nice time? And next page is when you hear the tree say murder. And I know, like, I, I find this story very interesting because I have so many feelings about it, but I have no way to verbalize my feelings for it. And I know that there's symbolism there because I, I, I feel it in my soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like, I feel like something is dying in me as this tree is getting chopped down, as this woman is eating her daughter, you know? Like, I'm like, I know that this is like, Tian is being told to cannibalize himself for the comfortability of his mother who's going through this grief. Like, I, I know that like these things are connected. I just don't have the words for it. I just know that tonally, having these two pages side by side, 170 and 171, where the stepmother is biting into this bird. It's, it's done, we are rid of her forever. And on the next page, Tien is so socially isolated. I just think that's so significant, but I cannot tell you why. No, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, it's kind of the climax of both stories coming together at the same time, almost in the same way. We have the teacher who has kind of stepped in and is going to completely upend Tien's world. Like Tien has felt safe up until this point and everything. And 
this is going to change things. So it just kind of seems like what you said, Sarah, where this is just the point where all of a sudden everything's kind of out in the open and now we have to deal with the consequences of it. You're right, the, the um, euphemism of confusing feelings and you know, like your stomach, your heart breaks, you know exactly what, what's happening. And then, and then you turn the next page and the priest says such, what a blessing that he hasn't been able to tell his mother and all these, I, can you imagine? Oh gosh. Oh, the smile on his face is such a smirk. Mm-hmm. This is the part on the plane where I started to cry because hearing that from someone you trust, it is such a unique feeling. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I could feel it again right now where it's like you get suddenly very hot and then suddenly so ice cold. And I felt that reading this book. And I, I don't often do that where I, I'm able to put myself so completely into a character's shoes but I, I really, I cannot describe how specific this book felt for me. I don't know, this, this part of the book, I, I just have so many feelings about. <laughs> no, then that's how you know that it was done really well <laughs> between the writing and the plotting and the artwork. He got those emotions across, clearly. One of the most frustrating parts for me was Claire was just like, why aren't you telling your mom? Why aren't you asking Julian out? Why aren't you doing these things? And I was frustrated by her a little bit because I, she's being an ally, but she's being kind of a forceful one. And if Tien doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel like this is the time, then it's up to Tien to make that decision. And asking anyone to a dance is a terrifying experience. And I found her probably one of the more frustrating characters to just not let Tian have his time to do what he want, what he wanted to do, what he felt he needed to do in the time and at the time that he needed to do it. Yeah, she definitely came across as like that overeager friend who really wants to help, really, really, really wants to help, but might not be so helpful. I do think that that speaks more to her age and her kind of naivety in the situation. Her just thinking that it'll be easy for you to tell your parents. It should be easy to, to do these things. It just kind of goes to show how little she really understands about how Tian is feeling. Whereas on the flip side, it seems like Julian was very much in touch with how Tian was feeling. And he was very welcoming and fine with Tien's feelings for him. He didn't reciprocate them as far as I could tell in the book, but he accepted them and accepted Tien and didn't push him in any direction either way, just listened. And I, I really wish that Claire had done more of that as well, yeah. I think Claire is a pretty important lesson because on paper, the thing that you're supposed to do is you're supposed to be an active push in your friend's life towards good things. You're supposed to be supportive, vocally so. You're supposed to be someone's cheerleader. That's not always what's necessary. And I think that's an important lesson given what we are told we need to be for our friends, 
I think Claire's importance in the story is that she's close to the family. She knows his mother. She knows him and Julian's relationship. She knows that, at least in, in the way that I have read the book, from their talk together in the dress shop, from her talk with Tian about Julian and how long they've known each other, that he will be accepted. And she's really just trying to be a supportive friend. And the lesson is, is he didn't need that kind of support. And I think her existence in that capacity is important because being able to read a character like that and going, okay, I need to be more like Julian is very important. So one last topic that I wanted to talk about was how stories change over time whether it's your own story changing because you're looking back on it and maybe your feelings have changed or you've matured or your relationships with the people in your story have changed as well as the fairy tales changing over time and even over place fairy tales are so universal they're from around the world but they all have the same elements to many of them, like between the Cinderella story, there's so many Hansel and Gretel stories, there's so many Sleeping Beauty stories. So especially when Helen goes back home, because unfortunately her mother has passed away, and she talks to her aunt and her aunt reminds her, this is our version of that story. I guess I just wanted to see what you all were thinking about how stories can change and how that affects our own interpretation of our own stories. If I were to pick up a theme from this book, I would say it's about language and story. Because I think from everything that I've learned in my education and my experience in life, people connect to one one another through stories of their self now, of the past, of their families, uh, like even stories that like don't have anything to do with them, like gossiping with someone. That is such a bonding experience because you're telling stories together. Tian and his mother have a relationship through fairy tales, through stories. It's even said from Helen's aunt, how should I know it's an old story? Details change, things change. Tian's mother choosing to change the way that they tell stories together to change the future of their relationship, I think is an overarching message and theme that we can take to stories everywhere and about traditions. We can expand this to mean so much in our day-to-day lives, but we can change the details to make a better world. And I think that's how I feel about story after reading this. I was going to say something almost similar to that, which is that what struck me was the stories change and the stories are different. And just like what you were saying, Chrissy, about how the fairy tales are everywhere and they're so similar, but so different, but what people want doesn't change, which is like love and acceptance. And then changing the ending to the little mermaid and all of a sudden Tian knows that he's welcome and accepted and yeah that I love your point Sarah that stories can serve a purpose and that we can change them to be what we need them to be and that people will always really just want and be looking for love and acceptance.
hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this book or any of the other nominees. You can email us at librariansconnect at gmail.com. You can also find more information about this podcast, as well as links to other episodes on our website, bit.ly slash librariansconnect. Be sure to ask at your local school or public library about nutmeg voting in April 2023 so you can vote for your favorites. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.